Travis Ryer, the BamaOnline.com staff, following the media viewing periods at Tuesday's practice at University of Alabama football practice. That's right, it is game week. Finally, we have a game week uh, as the Alabama Crimson Tide prepares for Saturday's season opener against the Duke Blue Devils over in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Alabama once again inside. It is steamy out there today in Tuscaloosa. Soupy. Uh, very humid. I think the uh, thermometer read somewhere around 90 degrees, but uh, yeah, you got some serious humidity going on in the area. We've had some pretty consistent rain here the last few days in Tuscaloosa. Not so much precipitation this afternoon, although there's a possibility of that coming up in the next hour or so, but uh, Alabama in full pads inside the Hank Crisp indoor facility on this Tuesday. Um, in terms of some of the few things that we saw, you're gonna get a full practice report from Charlie Potter, his perspective of the media viewing periods coming up very soon there at BamaOnline.com. You know, when we first go into the Hank Crisp indoor facility, something we see initially are the offensive linemen uh, working with Kyle Flood. Uh, that's certainly been a, an area of uh, great interest because of the situation from guard to guard that we've talked about a lot here on Instant Analysis, also on the Built by Bama online podcast, and we've covered it for you there at Bama Online as well. Now, what we saw in there today was a first group that consisted of Jedrick Wills at right tackle, uh, Landon Dickerson at right guard, Chris Owens at the center position, and also at left guard, you had Evan Neal, the true freshman, to go along with Alex Leatherwood at that left tackle spot. So that was your five that we saw early in the media viewing periods. And then once again, as we were leaving, as uh, Alabama talked about this on Saturday, some inside drill work, which is pretty common uh, in a game week where they uh, really emphasize the coordination of the offensive line play in the run game. And so the tight ends are a part of that as well. We saw a good bit of Major Tennyson with that first group today. Miller Forrestall out there. And then the second group, again, it was Giles Amos and also uh, Cam too, as your two tight ends uh, in that second group. So. There you go, that was your offensive line look. Um, practice visitors of note. Uh, you're gonna have your, your ABC broadcast team on Saturday afternoon of Steve Levy. You know Steve from a lot of SportsCenter uh, work that he's done as much as anything there on ESPN. You're gonna have Brian Greasy, the former Michigan quarterback, is going to be your color analyst. And Todd McShay, the draft guru, they were all at practice. They were inside there today checking out the workout. Uh, I think Brian Greasy was safe because I didn't see Dwayne Rudd at practice today. If you're old enough to remember that uh, Outback Bowl back around, what was that, 19? That was January 1st, 1997, Gene Stallings' final game. But Brian Greasy in there, McShay, Steve Levy, that's going to be your broadcast team coming up uh, on Saturday. So they were there. Uh, as far as the defense, uh, Tuesdays of game week, we typically see dime package on Tuesdays. That was the case again today. Uh, no surprises, no changes there. Your two safeties, Jared Maiden to go along with Shaheem Carter. 
Now, those guys are kind of bracketed together, as you saw on that initial BEP chart yesterday. But in the dime, they're both on the field together because you got Xavier McKinney up at the money position, um, the corners, Josh Job, uh, Trayvon Diggs, uh, and then you also have uh, Patrick Sertan the second at the star position. So those were your first six defensive backs on the field today. Second group, no real changes there as far as the secondary goes. Saw Scooby Carter uh, and Brandon Turnage at one corner, sort of together there. The other corner, you saw Marcus Banks. Star position, Jalen Armour Davis. Um, the money, you saw DeMarco Hellams. And then your safeties, Jordan Battle and also Daniel Wright. So that was your second group in the secondary in the dime. As far as linebackers go, inside linebackers saw Dylan Moses, obviously, with that first group. And that second group, once again, a combination of Shane Lee and Markel Benton there at the MAC linebacker position. Outside linebacker, uh, saw Anthony Jennings out there with that first group as the Jack linebacker in the dime. Um, otherwise, nothing that stood out to me of particular note um, from a health standpoint. We did see Stefan win with the defensive lineman. He wasn't in a non-contact jersey. He still has that right ankle taped pretty good. Uh, his availability for Saturday, I would put it as we'll see. Um, but he was out there today. Uh, you know, we did see once again, as I had Saturday for you, uh, Ismail Softshur and Braylon Ingram, two true freshman defensive linemen. When Alabama went into the second of the two media viewing periods, we saw Softshire. Don't worry about the authorities with the dogs back there. I, I don't think they're they're after me. Um, we we didn't. We saw Softshire and Ingram go to the uh, go to the other end of the facility and sort of work with some scout team defensive members against that first team Alabama offensive line. Uh, Antonio Alfano was with the defensive lineman today. Um, you know, DJ Dale looks like he's ramping up quite nicely. Um, you know, I've said it before. I think in this opener, there's a good chance you're going to see upwards of eight defensive linemen rotate in there in this game. And some of it may be scripted. Some of it may be a result of the, the way the game is just going uh, as you move throughout the afternoon. Uh, but a lot of guys in the mix. Uh, we didn't see Justin Aboigby. Uh, the freshman defensive lineman who has sustained a foot injury late last week uh, did not see Justin Aboigbe out there today. Um, running backs, Jerome Ford continues to be out there with those guys. I didn't see Jerome Ford doing a whole lot with those backs. Najee Harris looks great. Brian Robinson looks great. Keelan Robinson, uh, certainly a part of that. Chadarius Townsend. Um, so sort of like Stephon Wynn, Maybe not to the extent of Stefan Wynn, but perhaps kind of a we'll see situation uh, with Jerome Ford as well. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else particularly newsy from those media viewing periods. Right now, uh, I'm not coming up with much, but I'm sure as we head into the Q&A here, uh, you'll help me out with that if I need it. What do you got, gang, on this Tuesday? I know you're fired up. You're going to have Nick Saban after tomorrow night's practice. You heard from Nick Saban yesterday, midday on Monday. Uh, and then, of course, you'll get Nick Saban post-practice on uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, Ben Davis on the 2-deep there uh, at outside linebacker. 
you know, kind of bracketed there with Keem Wakuda. Uh, so good for good for Ben. He's hung around and he's uh, kind of certainly bided his time. I, I'll be more interested to see if Ben's a, kind of a core special teams guy Saturday too. You know, is he on the kickoff coverage unit? Is he maybe on punt, punt return, things like that? Randall, I'd say Shane Lee's coming along quite nicely. You know, it's kind of been overshadowed with Christian Harris here in the last week or so. But, uh, you know, we see Shane Lee uh, right now very much a possibility as a third guy, I would say, uh, that has a chance it, it rolls in some, some packages, you know. So your two true freshman linebacker guys that you brought in, Christian Harris and Bo Shane Lee said this before, you know, it's not all that difficult to think about 2020 and sort of imagine perhaps both those guys being your inside linebackers. Dre, I think defensively it's going to come down to some health uh, as much as anything. I think that first 11 to 13 guys uh, you feel really good about. Um, you get beyond that, and then you need to see some guys grow up pretty quickly. <clears throat> and I talk about that both in terms of the secondary where there's a lot of young talent it's undeniable. Um, I think that you know part of it's necessity that you've got so many freshmen uh, in that too deep in the secondary. But I also think they're they're talented. You know and they're capable in time of uh, being uh, significant players back there for Alabama. Are they ready right now? I would say for the most part, you know those guys need a little more time. Uh, pass rush is an area where if you can keep Raekwon Davis healthy and keep Terrell Lewis healthy, Anthony Jennings, um, you should feel good about that, but you need a couple more guys in the pass rush. You need a, another guy or two on the edge um, to really step forward and on the interior too. I know we always, again, equate pass rush with edge guys, uh, but you know the one thing Alabama's had as much as anything in recent years are inside guys that are a real problem. And not just one, they've had two consistently two guys inside that can cause a lot of problems. So uh, I think still you've got to have some, you know, a, a couple of three guys step forward for you. Oh, Mario asking if Saban will let Tua play more this year. I think that's going to go back to whatever they need to happen. Um, if it's 58 to 6, uh, you know, midway through the third quarter, I would expect to see Mac Jones. I do think, you know, perhaps in some games you're going to see Tua go a little deeper. Uh, but I think they want to play Mac Jones too and potentially play Talia Tonga-Vailoa. Who knows, maybe even Paul Tyson. So for entertainment value, I don't think Nick Saban's going to say, you know what, there's a lot of people here that want to see Tua continue to play in a 64-8 to game. Let's give the fans what they want here. I, I don't think Nick thinks that way. I think Nick thinks about, you know, I got to have this guy for 14, 15 games. And at the same time, I still got to develop some other guys behind him. Shy Carter at star or safety? I think you could see both. I mean, you saw the depth chart Monday, and he's right there um, with Patrick Sertan on the top line at star. Uh, you see him at safety on the top line with Jared Maiden. Um, that's what we saw last year with Shaheem Carter. Uh, you know, nickel, we saw him at star. A dime, we saw him at safety. You know, and then once Trayvon Diggs went out, he pretty much had to play star all the time. But he can play both. 
Hagen, I would think, you know, I think Raekwon's going to be good. I, I don't think Raekwon was terrible last year. I know his numbers didn't speak to uh, something close to what he had in 2017, but I said it before, at least you had to account for Raekwon last year. I mean, Raekwon wasn't so bad that you could just say, oh, I don't even block him or, you know, single block him all the time. Raekwon was still getting some double teams. Um, and that undoubtedly helped Quinnen Williams. Quinnen didn't need a lot of help a lot of times. But, you know, I think Raekwon will be as productive this year as the other guy next to him, especially in pass rush situations, kind of allows him to be. You know, if LeBron Ray is an interior pass rusher or somebody else as an interior pass rusher doesn't become a real handful for opposing offenses, well, what are you going to do with Raekwon Davis? You're going to double team him every time. So, you know, Raekwon can beat some double teams. I think he can, but he he needs someone to go with him in there. What else, gang? Not running the AC too much in here today. I know sometimes you can usually, inside Coleman Coliseum here, you can hear the AC blowing. Can't hear it today. Um... And then, you know, we're in the, the basketball arena and you got the home basketball schedule for the 2019-2020 season uh, that they released for you today. And not a lot of sizzle on that home schedule. You got an opener with Penn, um, Kansas State in the SEC, Big 12 Challenge, a um, couple of games, one in Birmingham, one in Huntsville, but it's not exactly, say, like Texas or Oregon or somebody like that. So. Um, James at tight end, uh, you talking about Kedrick James? Uh, Kedrick James, you'd have to check with the SMU people because that's where Kedrick James is these days. Nigel Knott, Michael, we still haven't seen Nigel Knott out there. And that's, I think that's part of why we're seeing all the freshmen we're seeing. But at the same time, I think Alabama in these last two classes has recruited to a level that even if Nigel were able to go, um, you know, it may be a situation where we'd still be talking about these young guys with the two deep. Daniel, that's a that's a great question. It's something we're really not going to find out for sure until Saturday, as far as the D line and the pass rushers and you know this next wave of guys. Um, you know, we talk about the freshmen all the time, but you're interested to see if if a guy like Christian Barmore. Uh, has taken a step. Um, has Fedarian Mathis become more of a factor in the pass rush? Uh, you know, these are a lot of the questions that we're not going to get answers to until Saturday. Definitive answers, anyway. Base, nickel, or dime, which best suits Alabama right now? Well, I think if if you're talking – if you're talking – their top 11 guys on the field together, well, you know, I think in base they are really, really good because I think what we've seen to this point, DJ Dale is capable on the nose. I think what we've seen from LeBron Ray at defensive end right now is that he's certainly capable as a sort of five tech defensive end. You'd have Raquan Davis in that same role on the other side. And our, you know, the way they play over under fronts, it could change. Uh, a little bit in terms of where those guys line up. And then your outside linebackers in your base would be Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings to go along with Dylan Moses and what we're anticipating to be Christian Harris 
at the inside backers and then your four DBs, um, you know, you're talking about three all SEC types out of those four guys. So I just don't think you're going to see many teams want to go base personnel all that much, which means two tight ends uh, or two backs on offense because if you do that, that's the look you're going to get, the personnel you're going to get from Alabama. That being said, I do think we'll see Duke under David Cutcliffe put some of that uh, on the field offensively. And so you'll probably see some more base personnel uh, from the Alabama defense than you will in a lot of weeks this season. Jason, there's been nothing to indicate to us that Tua's had any type of issue in the preseason. More under center than the last three or four years, Jason uh, is asking. You know, it's kind of been a narrative of the preseason. Uh, and Sark, that's kind of his background, um, more of a pro guy. Uh, but, you know, they were under center some last year. They weren't, you know, always in the gun. So, you know, I just don't get too caught up anymore in football with where the quarterback lines up. Whether you're talking about the NFL, college football, high school football, there is a ton of shotgun, you know? And uh, so I think you'll see Alabama in both. And I think Tua can handle both pretty well. Here come the kicker questions. Here they come, rapid fire. Um, <laughs> let's, see, uh, let's see how Will Riker does Saturday. You know, the expectations are obviously high. Um, by all accounts, he has responded to the challenge and to the pressure that comes with uh, scrimmage work and kicking in front of Nick Saban, specifically. So, yeah, you know, uh, we, we never fully know until you uh, get into a game, actual game. Um, we'll see. I, 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 there's been nothing that we've heard that would make us think that uh, Will Riker's just going to lock up Saturday afternoon in Atlanta, but uh, you always want to see it. I mean, it's kind of that thing. And, and I know that's what Alabama fans think is exclusive to their kickers, but it's with any kicker. Any kicker anywhere that I watch, I want to see him do it in a game. I don't care if it's Alabama or Florida State or Utah, you know. Secondary should be uh, a good bit better this year because, first of all, you've got a healthy Trayvon Diggs. You've got a more experienced Patrick Sertan II. You've got Josh Job coming into his own at corner. So, first and foremost, you've got three legitimate high-level corners. That that helps, you know, in the secondary. So, combine that with a an elite safety, in my opinion, in Xavier McKinney. Um, and then your other safeties are very experienced guys uh, in Shaheem Carter and Jared Maiden. Should be, should be better. And you're not seeing Trevor Lawrence on Saturday. Um, Yeah, Matthew's asking now about the punting situation. Skylar DeLong, um, I would think, gets the first shot at that. And that's assuming Alabama punts on Saturday. 
uh, because it's a 35 point favorite, uh, you know, maybe they go three and out the opening drive and we see Skyward along. Um, yeah, I would think Skyward along, uh, if he is the guy to start, it's going to be very important for him uh, to get off to at least a decent start from that standpoint because uh, that's something else Will Reichard can handle. Do, is, do I think Will Reichard is at the level as a punter as he is a place kicker? No. But I think he's gone a ways in sort of closing that gap. So I would say Skyward DeLong until he gives the coaching staff or if he gives the coaching staff a reason to go to Will Reichard. One area where I think Skyward DeLong was really good last year and should be again this year is those sort of hang 10 punts when you're trying to pin people, pin opponents down inside the 20. Uh, he is He's adept at that. So, you know, that would probably not be the worst scenario for him Saturday for his first opportunity to be in that sort of situation because I didn't notice last year that his confidence really wavered. It was more in field flip situations, you know, where you're trying to really change field position. Uh, that's where he seemed to really, really struggle and where his confidence quickly waned a year ago. So if that's his first opportunity of the season is, again, where you're trying to flip the field, um, you know, that, that will be uh, – something to watch. All right, gang, we're going to get out of here on this Tuesday. you got Charlie Potter's practice report. Um, we've got continuing coverage there at BamaOnline.com throughout the week. You're going to have Nick Saban post-practice tomorrow. Um, we're going to have game previews coming, stuff like that throughout the week. So we got you covered at BamaOnline.com. As always, this will upload to the Built by Bama Online podcast. So if you missed some of this or you want to hear it again, You'll be able to access it there at the Built by Bama online podcast. If you haven't already, we'd really appreciate a subscription from you in that area. Maybe a review helps with the algorithm, whatever that is. Anybody tell me what an algorithm is? I don't know. But I'm told it's, uh, it's good if we can impact that uh, on the interwebs there for you. Travis Ryer for the BamaOnline.com staff. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.